All right, here we go, here we go. We are live tonight for, I don't know, episode 14 of the Vets and Barbells podcast. Man, got a special uh, special guest. This was supposed to happen actually on Saturday night, but me and uh, Sean here, I uh, usually call him Jazz Hands or Jastel uh, from the unit. We were supposed to record it, but me and the boys, we got uh, we had a lot of fun. Saturday night, and by the time we, we were, got tired, old guys went to bed early. Me and baby daddies uh, were like, "Hey guys, it's like five thirty. We need to go to bed." Spent the last thirty minutes trying to get everybody wrangled up and tucked in. Oh gosh, yeah, they were they were getting out of hand, and then little did we know, uh, Stuart and the boys went out and partied somewhere else for the rest of the night, and we yeah, a nice string of Snapchats. Yeah, we didn't find out till about eh, 30 minutes until we were supposed to be at the unit, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a reason I don't have Snapchat anymore, that's for sure. That's smart. Once, I, once smart. I got tied up and found a woman that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, I was like, you know, I don't need the Snapchat thing anymore. I keep mine pretty well locked down. Yeah. I have probably about 25 friends on there now. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Um so yeah, everybody, this is the first time we're doing a, you know, a, a Zoom call recording. So we're going to see how this goes. I apologize for this white light in the middle of my screen, but uh, maybe it's just the angelic glow on my stature. Just saying. So we're going to go with that. Um, anyway, yeah. So we got uh, Sean here. Um, he has been with 323 Weapons Company for what? The last four years, five years? Four years next month. Can't believe it's been that long. Wow, four years. So when I transferred to the unit then, you were in your first year. Uh, yeah, I think I actually had just – let's see. I think I had just picked up Lance Corporal when you came in. You were you were a, a fresh Lance Cooley feeling his chest. Yeah, I was still junior, junior. There was, yeah. I don't think there was many people below me. Uh, no, and Sergeant Roar uh, let you know it. Or Rowe, Sergeant Rowe. Sergeant Rowe, yes. He let you know it. Every every drill, even outside of drill. But yeah. sometimes that's what you need. I yeah. certainly needed a little bit of it. Cool, cool. Yeah, oh yeah. Men mentors, whether they uh, um, get a little more physical on the training than others, it all it's all for your good. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like in the Marine Corps, that's definitely one type of mentor that you need. You may not want, but you definitely need. Yeah. And it takes a special type of person to kind of be that mentor. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you bring up a good point there is, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the mentoring uh, persona that, you know, the Marine Corps kind of gets painted with that, little more physically aggressive, a little more, you know, in your face, I guess I would call it like a kind of more of a bulldog mentality. Um, it's definitely needed to a degree for sure. And I think what Sergeant Rowe was able to do is it, it kind of shows a very refinement of this persona is he was able to flick that switch when he needed to, and he could flick it off the moment he didn't need to. Um, well, another, another thing with him, you know, and honestly, I feel like the Marine Corps is kind of shying away from it. You know, 
the Marine Corps is kind of built upon that that belief that you know we're we're toughest we're the toughest around and we're going to show you why and you know to be the toughest around someone's got to be tough on you mm-hmm. and you know Sergeant Rowe was one of those mentors who not, did it in a way that you know it helped you like there's those guys that just you know harp on you and yell at you and make you do dumb things all the time and then there's those guys who who get on you when you mess up and they'll they'll make you learn from it they'll teach you you know they'll punish you quote unquote in a way that you're going to better yourself and you know better your career from it and you're going to be able to take those and pass them down the line so you know it's almost like using training as a punishment and that you know that's something that's kind of hard to find and that's why I kind of gravitated towards him is because he was able to take that and use it to his advantage to you know make us better but also show us that hey you messed up so you know it has to be corrected. I mean there's 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 definitely ways to just use training or even any type of physical nature as a punishment for sure and usually uh, it's pretty pretty quickly picked up that, yep, yep, we're being punished for something. Like somebody messed yeah. up or, or you just all of you know that, you know, we messed up and we need to pay for it. And I think uh, what what I've always seen and appreciated, especially within, within the Marine Corps as a whole, is just a level of accountability and discipline. Like either whether you knew you messed up or not, the thing is like when you're called out on it, you're like, yep, like, yeah, that was me. Like I messed up. Like, okay, we're going to fix this. Or, you know, you're going to let me know we're going to fix this. And, you know, see you guys, my soul will be taken the next three hours. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's hardly ever like you get punished for something that you don't do. Like when you, when you get punished or, you know, you're made to do, you know, dumb things to make you realize that you did something dumb. It's, you know, automatically that it's, it's for a reason. It's never, you're left, you know, questioning, why am I doing this? It's always like, I'm doing this because, you know, I did X and Y. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. So backing up a bit, we just kind of jumped into a whole, like, yeah. right there with that, you know. Went in there quick. I was like, man, we're just talking, yo. Um, but uh, let's see. Yeah, so I've known you for about three, three-ish years, um, seeing you pick up corporal which was definitely uh well deserved we definitely had to uh show you a little more how to be less of a bulldog and more of a mentor and it took you a little while to grow into that and we'll get to that point but before all of that before you stepped on those um fabled yellow footprints um paris island right you went east coast Paris Island, East Coast. You're not gonna find a lot of those around here. So so Sean is the only cat um at 323 with me that has also gone th- gone through East Coast Paris Island through a weird series of events and we'll get there but oh, yeah. uh yeah, I, you know it's it's kind of you know he, he may be my junior my subordinate but you know we definitely shared that connection of knowing the hell that is uh Paris Island but also the heritage that uh is blessed on those grounds so so what Sean what brought you into the Marine Corps what was it um, well, I honestly always, I always saw myself going in the Marine Corps. You know, my dad was in the Marine Corps for 
way before I was born. He was in 24, 26 years, um, retired as a master guns. And, you know, I was that Marine Corps is always a big part of our life. It was always a big part of our family. Um, so much so that my brother went in the Marine Corps and I have cousins in the Marine Corps. Um, and just the military aspect was always there because my mom was also in the Navy. Um, she was actually a nurse. No, you almost had no chance. Oh yeah, no, uh, we were, we were a military family through and through. Um, they actually met at Norfolk, Virginia, which is a, a Naval Harbor. Um, so, you know, that, that military aspect was always in our family and whether it was directly correlating with the military or just our home life, you know, it was always there. It was always part of how we did stuff, how we were raised. And for the longest time, you know, I watched my dad, um, all the guys from our unit, I don't know if they listen, but they'll know that my dad actually retired out of our reserve unit in Springfield. Um, on their last deployment, he was the acting INI, or not the acting INI, he was the acting first sergeant. Um, so he kind of left his legacy there, and that was pretty cool for me to come into. Um, but, you know, I used to go there as a kid and sit in his office and watch him, watch him do drill and, you know, pack up for the field and do all those things. And I was like, man, I, I just, I want to do that. And he would always have buddies like um, Tom was his best friend. They actually moved to Missouri together. They were on active duty together. They were such good friends just from being in the Marine Corps that they moved halfway across the country together and went to this unit. And I was, I just wanted that. I wanted that in my life. I wanted the camaraderie. And so that, it was always just something that I wanted to do. Well, I went through high school, kind of had a little bit of a falling out with my family. Um, Dad, I know you might be listening, so um, just hang tight. But I kind of had a falling out, and I went through a period of time where I was like, you know, I don't want to be anything like them. I want to be my own person. So I completely threw the Marine Corps and the military out the window. Uh, I went to Mizzou, was going through college, couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. It, it just wasn't me. I've always been naturally and good at school, just mathematics, science, just stuff like that. I never really had to study hard, but it, school just never really resonated with me. It's not where I wanted it to be. And finally I was like, I had to put away my ego and put away, you know, the fact that I didn't want to be like my family to go per pursue something that I always wanted to do. So eventually I, I found myself, I actually left in the middle of the semester um, from a zoo and went to a recruiter, um, signed up and pretty much told him like, give me your earliest date. I'll go. Cause I knew if I sat and I pondered on it and I just went through the motions that I might pull out of it and not go. If I, you know, let my ego get in the way, I might've not gone. So I took the earliest date and uh, shipped off. So I kind of had to put my ego aside to, you know, get where I really wanted to be. Man, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those moments that, you know, once you realize it and get your head out of your ass, you just kind of realize, you know, just put me on the boat and let's go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. There's, I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, how they got there and 
deep down I always knew I was going to be. Um, I just had kind of had to get past myself. It's it's well, you know, it's kind of twofold. One, it's kind of that, and two, you know, you were saying earlier, you know, you wanted to be your own man, you wanted to find your own way. And you know, when when you're brought up in an environment such as that, I can only imagine that you kind of feel that pressure that you know, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Maybe this, you know, maybe I don't want to be like anyone else. But, you know, the difference is it's like, one, you have to navigate that on your own. But two, you still need to be like, no, I do want to do this, but I'm going to do it for me. I'm not going to do it because I'm expected to do it. I'm going to do it because I want to do it. Exactly. I wish I wish I had a different mentality shift that someone has to go through on that. I wish I I wish I'd learned earlier that like I could still do it and still make my own path like just because you know my dad was in it for such a long time and he did all these things in the marine corps i don't have to follow that same path you know there's there's a million different things to do in the marine corps things people would never even think of Mm -hmm. and i just had to realize that i had to pursue those options it's true man and what's crazy is um Part, part of me blames recruiters part of me blames kids for maybe not asking more questions but you know I don't know what your scores look like on your ASVAB but I scored high enough that the recruiter was like dang you know there's just two things you can't do one you can't touch anything electrical and the other one was something to do with like nuclear whatever and I was like well those sound boring anyway I just yeah. want to blow stuff up you know essentially what it came down to <laughs> And it was like, well, we got a quick, you know, we got a ship date out for common engineers. And I was like, sounds great. Let's go. He's like, you'll pretty much do everything the grunts do, but you'll do their job and your job. And I was like, perfect. I get to show more people up. Awesome. Oh, there's, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to be a grunt. There's nothing else that I ever remotely thought that I would see myself doing. Like I knew all, all the MOSs that were out there, but I wanted to be the boots on the ground. Like, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a frontline guy. I wanted to be out there with my boys, yeah. you know, going through hell with them. There's never and, a doubt in my mind. I, I, I fully agree with you. Um, you know, you, you said you were kind of catching up on the episodes. And, you know, so you, you've heard my intro number one. Uh, my path is, you know, military. I was definitely brought up kind of uh, – military relatives my grandfather both my uncles you know were very uh navy diehards um i didn't want to get stuck on a boat but here i am still a department of the navy with the marine corps um but uh just wasn't just wasn't me until i went to college and i kind of experienced kind of a little bit of rotc uh not that i went that route but just realizing like uh, especially the the infantry branches uh, there's just such a camaraderie of brotherhood and sisterhood. You know, we, we have females now able to serve in the, in the infantry um, MOSs. But uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I was kind of telling you, um, you know, this, this drill that we just had, it kind of hit me that I have six or so months left on my first, in, you know, enlistment contract um, that was kind of extended without me knowing. Um, thanks, Marine Corps. But that um, wondering, you know, have I made the most of my time? You know, have I given my, my brothers and those under me enough to carry on if I do step away? 
you know, is that next wave of leaders ready to take my place when I step back? And it's, and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard, especially the, especially the position that we're in only meeting once a month. Yeah. It's, you only have not only a short amount, like I know we've, or you've hit on like, not only do we have to do the same amount of training that active duty does, but we have to do it in weekend. We have so much else that we have to do in that weekend. You know, we have to leave impressions on our guys. We have, you know, 48 hours to refuel their love for the Marine Corps, to, to make them want to get better, to pull, pull them out of their civilian life and say, hey, remember the Marine Corps, this thing that you're in? Like, yeah. we have such a short amount of time to do a hundred million other things besides, you know, just getting our training in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you bring up a good point. It, it's not just what's on the training schedule. It's the, uh, the, the mental and technical welfare of our, of our personnel, of our juniors, especially. So, I mean, you and I are, I mean, I'm your platoon sergeant. You're one of my section leaders now stand in until we figure that out. Um, but like we now have a lot of responsibility under us. And what's crazy too, is that cat, um, is in uh so uh for everyone listening um uh, if you don't know cat it's c-a-a-t uh county counter anti-armor and tank or counter something you know so we just say meow and we fire a missile so and jasper here gets to lead the uh the 50s and mark 19s so it's a good big time. guns big guns big guns for a tiny man just kidding someone's gotta do it hey man um, size of the size of the gun, not the size of the dog in the fight. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. No, yeah, it's for sure how it goes. But um, what, dude? You're in. You went to Paris Island. Had that, you know, heritage kind of put into your body. Um, well, if we're technically speaking, I actually did not go to Paris Island first. <clears throat> so, um, to my knowledge, from what I have been told, I am the only Marine to date who has been to both boot camps. So I was actually, um, we we're living here in Missouri and Springfield area. And I was flying out of MEPS in Kansas City, Missouri. And I was trying to do a program that's called the Legacy Program. And I, you know, my grandfather and my father and my brother had all gone to Paris Island. So in the Legacy Program pretty much allows you to, you know, to sign a waiver that will allow me to go to Paris Island, even though I lived on the other side of the Mississippi. So we had all, got that all ironed out. I was, I was set to go, showed up to MEPS, nothing on me but my phone and the clothes I had, ready to fly out to boot camp. Um, getting on the plane, they hand us our tickets. It says San Diego. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, crap what's going on no one there to ask didn't know what to do so I was like you know boot camp is boot camp I'm going I'm not passing this up so I flew out to San Diego stood on the yellow footprints did the whole process of intake got assigned to a platoon um, we were training for about two weeks maybe um, and then they went through Black Friday and then had yeah. to switch. Oh my goodness. I, I did everything through like the first probably three weeks. <clears throat> wow. 
And we, I can't remember exactly what we were doing, but we're sitting in some bleachers somewhere getting a class or someone's kicking a class to us. And a Lieutenant Colonel comes up and says, he's like, uh, recruit Jasper. And I ran up, I was like, yes, sir. And he's like, are you supposed to be here? And I was like, um, no, sir. And he like pulled me to the side. He's like, all right, I'm gonna be straight with you. You're supposed to be in Paris Island right now. And I was kind of, in my mind, I was kind of like, yeah, could have told you that. But um, they actually gave me the option. They're like, do you want to go to Paris Island or do you just want to stay here and train? And I said, you know, sir, you know, boot camp is boot camp. I'm, I'm going to be a Marine one or the other. And so he actually kind of made a decision before me and decided to send me to Paris Island. So I got back into civilian clothes with a shaved head and everything and flew from San Diego to Paris Island, got to the airport at about one in the morning, um, got picked up by a Lance Corporal in a white van and taken to Paris Island and had actually had to go through the yellow footprints all over again by myself. Oh my gosh. About five, five drill instructors out there yelling at me and I was the only person and I kind of got a kick out of it because at Paris Island, they say, you know, you'll pass through these hatches one time and one time only. And I'm like, well, <laughs> kind of twice. But and then I ended up sitting at those. Of course, if you've been to Paris Island, you'll know they have those silver desks. And you sit there during the first part of your intake. I sat there for probably six days just staring at the wall. Before they assi- before they assign me to a platoon, so that's how that's how my boot camp got started, and I had to start all over completely from training day one. So wait, completely over from training some TD one, starting over completely. So you got you got thirteen weeks plus three, plus some. Yep. Oof. Who were what uh, battalion were you in? Third battalion, Mike Company. Oh, that's stupid. Sorry, it's not First Battalion. Mutant Mike Company. We were them dogs. Uh, and nobody, and nobody wanted to mess with with Mike Company. Dude, we were First Battalion Delta Company, man. We were dirty. Oh, they touched us. We were right yeah. across from the drill deck. Yeah. So everybody, if you've been to Paris Island, or if you haven't been to Paris Island, you know that um, uh, First Battalion is like good at drill. That's their thing. That was we were not good drill. at we were not good at drill. But we oh, when good. I was there, they oh. were good at drill. And then Second Battalion was really smart. They were all the smartest ones. And then Third Battalion, we were them dogs. We we would fight like nobody wanted to mess with us. We were always getting PT. What, what did Fourth Battalion do? <laughs> I was in Fourth Battalion. We never even saw them. They made sandwiches. No, I'm just kidding. Wish I was in Fourth Battalion. Man. Yeah, that's that. We had the best chow hall though, hands down. Yeah, you did. Pampered little girls. Third Battalion chow hall. Yep, it was where it was at. Brownies for breakfast. <laughs> nah, dude, we were we were right across from the drill field and right next to the PT field. We were, we uh we scored well on the test and we PT'd like a mother. It's also because we got smoked a lot. Because we sucked at drill. Our heavy did not like the fact that we sucked at drill. So, we were good at PT. Yeah. 
So you get to, you get to choose one, and if you don't choose right, you're gonna you're gonna be good at both by the yeah. end. It was good. It was a good time, man. It, it like I said, Paris Island just. Uh, I would never want to do it over again. Actually, one of the dudes I went through boot camp with, he stayed in as well. He's been active this whole time. Um, he's going back to Paris Island as a DI, and I'm like, "Power to you, bro! Like all you." I wouldn't. Don't think I would. Don't think I would go back. No, no. You do that stuff once, man. It takes a special soul. But uh, anyway, enough of that. Man, what a trip. Um, trust me, I know all about orders getting changed last minute. That's for sure. I think a lot of people out here do as well. Um, let's talk about some 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 training, you know, some workout stuff. What what? So what's your MOS for the listeners? I. Uh, I am an 0331, and if you guys do not know what that is, it is the Rock Eaters. We are machine gunners. We shoot the 50 cal, the Mark 19, which is an automatic grenade launcher, and we shoot the 240, which is 776. 762. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> it's been a long day. I worked like 13 hours today. Yeah, all good, all good. I just kind of looked at it just like, oh, great. Well, there's my second. Take me a second. I knew it when I said it. Yeah. I was like, you think about that one uh, a second time there, you rock eater. You know, I think it's really cool. Like, uh, you know, the Army's got their infantry, and they're good, and they've got, you know, their specialty uh, units, you know, like 80, you know, 82nd, 101st. You know, those are definitely prestigious places, and as well, you know, Rangers. But, you know, as far as the general infantry goes, like, you know, they do well over there just because they've got so many bodies. But I think what I really appreciate – you know, you know, after working alongside the army sometimes and then being with the infantry, like infantry is, you know, dumb and funny and goofy, no matter where you go, you know, there's always just going to be funny dudes. But I think what I really appreciate about the Marine Corps is the fact that they put so much time up front to not only teach you general infantry principles, you know, through the O3XX package, but that each one of you as a boot coming out of your basic training schoolhouse is, very uh, intermediate to advanced levels, kind of depending on how much you paid attention on your specific weapon system. Like you should come out of there and even though your unit's going to teach you like some specific unit isms or things that they prefer you to learn, the thing is you should be coming out there like duty knowledge expert on that, on those weapon systems. Like nobody else outside should be able to tell you how to run your gun or about its capabilities than you. And that's the standard 18, 19 year old coming out of boot camp. Definitely. Um, one of my friends actually was, is in the army or was in the army, um, went through their machine gun course or school. I'm not actually sure how it works. Um, so if someone's listening and they know, feel free to correct me. Um, but we were kind of talking over, you know, the differences between their school and what we learn in our schoolhouse. And, you know, they focus heavily on operating the system um, and they do operate it slightly different than we do. Um, not saying one way is better than the other. Of course, you know, if you, if you really spend time doing one, you're going to like that way better. But um, for me, it's the fact that when we're in the schoolhouse, we not only spent time, you know, on how to operate our system, but knowing, um, situational operations of the system how to operate it in what circumstances and you know how to determine um 
you know, like where to place it or um, terrain, terrain. We definitely spend a lot of time, you know, working with what type of terrain and how that dictates, you know, how you're going to use that weapon system um, to your advantage. And I think that's something that kind of separated, you know, us being specialists on our weapon system versus them being specialists on our weapon system. Um, not because we can't equally employ it, but because I think we focus a lot on, um, you know, advanced techniques of how and when to use it and where. Kind of more knowledge, you know, on the, on the front end than having to send you to a unit and then a unit have to send you back to a school. You know, it's pretty much like you come out pretty much a duty knowledge expert, go to your unit. They teach you some specifics of what they would prefer you and of how to implement and why. Then if you're proven, then they send you back to your machine gunner school, uh, your advanced machine gunner school. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, it's all good stuff. And it's all about learning that base knowledge, pretty much like very applicable to life. Like, you know, those either, you know, doing on the job training, going through college or even high school, like, you know, soak in the time that you're, you're taking to like put yourself through something so that when you do hit the field or when you do get that next job, like you're coming to them you know, either a jack of all trades or a true master at the fundamentals of whatever that career is. You know, it's kind of the same thing with lifting, you know, like it's really cool that somebody can do like a bunch of advanced lifts or things, or, you know, they're this, that, and another, but if they haven't mastered the the fundamentals of certain liftings and movements and, you know, their squat form sucks or they can't even, you know, bench ride or, you know, when they overhead press, something goes wrong, you know, like, being able to master the fundamentals or they can't even do like 10 push-ups without looking like a dork, you know, like if you can't master the fundamentals and stabilize your body and understand bracing and core pressure and things like that, you're not going to be able to really grasp and really take off to that next level. Yeah. I mean, if you, I, I always say like, you know, focus on the basics, like spend time doing the basics um, spend more time than you would doing the basics. Spend three times more, more time doing the basics than you want to do. Because if you get the basics down, you know, it, it's everything in life. Once you have it down, you will just roll into advanced stuff, whether it's, you know, machine gun employment or whether it's, you know, lifting in the weight room. Once you have the basics down and you, you strengthen your core of all your lifts, you can start to branch out. And when you do branch out, you're going to be light years ahead of everybody else that branched out earlier and is having to, you know, fix and tweak all their stuff because they, they didn't master the basics. Yeah. I think what's cool too is, is kind of the next train of thought that follows that very easily with all these topics is, uh, you know, almost this, this um, thought of self care, you know, if you yourself, the individual haven't mastered the basics or aren't continuing to always work on it. Cause that's another thing like that. The, there is no uh, end state to mastering the fundamentals. Like you should never stop working on those fundamentals, but if you haven't done that due diligence, can you really be trusted to bring others along with you? Can you be trusted and responsible for those in your care or those around you? If you haven't, worked on yourself if you haven't tightened up certain loose ends you know it's this is this is true for military life job family you know we you know in these crazy times we see individuals 
especially in this COVID year, man, I, you know, we see a lot of depression and anxiety and, and uh, maybe some selfishness on cer certain regards where people go almost internal. They think more about themselves and what they want. And, you know, and if they have a family or spouse, a partner, you know, even friends or a unit, you start thinking about yourself in a, in a bad way. Well, then all that's going to do is push everybody else out. Whereas on the hitting, floor, hitting on, go for it. No, carry on. It's free to talk. Hitting on that self care, you know, self care in general, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not, you know, taking that moment, that hour, that however much time you need in your day or in your week to, you know, focus on yourself, you know, iron out whatever troubles you may have, or just, you know, take a second and relax, take a second and breathe. You're going to be no good to anybody else around you, whether that's family, Marine Corps, or work. You know, everything is going to continue to slide downhill or start to slide downhill if it hasn't already. And I've kind of been through that lately. Um, I just had a baby about four months ago, four and a half yeah, months you ago. you did. You got it yeah. done. I know what you said yeah. last ball, last Marine Corps ball, too. You kicked yeah. everything out and said, I'm making a baby. This is true, I did, and I did not lie about it. But, you know, I've had a lot of stuff happening in my life. With the baby, you know, we decided to, to get a house. And I work on the road, so, you know, the stress of being away and not being able to help, you know, eats at me. And then on top of that, um, trying to get back into lifting. I've been out of lifting for a while. You know, I started working on the road in February, kind of when COVID hit. So there was no gyms open. There was, there was nowhere for me to go. I was in Florida and you couldn't even go to a gas station because they were closed. And then on top of that, you know, trying to stay on top of the Marine Corps and trying to keep myself sharp for if we get that call, you know, it's a lot of stressors and everybody has their own stressors, whatever it may be. But, you know, taking that hour out of the day has definitely been one of my biggest struggles. Self-care is not something that I've ever really done. I always try to, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, give Sierra everything she needs so that she can be there for Carter and not have to worry about extra things. You know, I'm always trying to, you know, do stuff for my guys so that they can focus on their work life outside of drill or when they come to drill, they're able to focus on their training and not have to worry about um, extra paperwork and senseless things. And, you know, taking that self-care moment has definitely been something that I've never really hit on until recently. And, you know, whether it's been an hour of me just sitting there at night or, you know, just an hour of talking to my fiance at night, it, it makes a difference. And it, it goes for everything. It goes for the Marine Corps. It goes for lifting. You know, if, if you don't take care of yourself during lifting, you're not going to be able to get to your goals. So if, if you push too hard, you're going to, injure yourself or find a way of inhibiting your path to your goal so just you saying that self-care I, I think people really underestimate that even as small as it can be you know that's 20 percent of anything you do is making sure that you are okay mentally and physically to be able to carry on and help everybody else or you know do your job yeah Dude, I, I hope everyone like skips back, you know, whenever you just started talking, because everything you just said, man, that was powerful. Um, 
it's it's so so applicable to you to every facet of life that you know you still need to watch out for the people that you're responsible for but you also just need to make sure that like you're in a good spot you know because there you know you probably know these people you know the the givers you know they just they just have big hearts and they just give all of themselves to everyone around them try to either fix their problems or be involved you know and I, one i'm just not that way because I, I see it and I, I just get exhausted like looking at it. But for those people that are that way, you know, that are just big givers or just good people that want to be good for others, like there's going to come a moment where maybe you want to help somebody and you're, you just can't. Either physically you're run down or you, you can't meet the need that, that they need. You know, say like someone's moving houses, but they have a lot of big boxes and furniture. And guess what? You're out of shape can't help them or you know case in point uh last year i want to say sometime my mother-in-law had um i think just a really bad back spasm and just dropped to the floor couldn't get up couldn't couldn't even crawl her way up and i just happened to be home i got the call and i said oh crap okay went over there assessed the situation and then i said and then i just i, I literally just picked her up cradled her like a freaking baby and I just, you know, carried her to her bed and laid her down. You know, if I were out of shape, and I'm not saying she's a big lady. That's not what that's not what I'm saying at all. Because I do lift. I don't want someone to like see what I lift and be like, what the no. Um, if I were out of shape, I would not have been able to assist in that way. I would have had to try to pick her up by another means, and probably further injured her back if 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 that's what happened. You know what I mean? But I was able to cradle, really, you know isolate her body from moving at all and then pick her up and put her on a bed you know what i mean and and that's just to illustrate more of your point and then as far as taking care of your dudes like the biggest thing i look for especially within the marine corps uh and just leaders in general is can you take care of your dudes before you take care of yourself if you're the first one to always ask about a chow run and not in a joking way i kind of log that in the back of my brain if you're the first one to complain about a problem without bringing me a solution, I put that in the back of my brain. So that when I do get asked to go on a promotion panel and I have to sit there and say, yay or nay, or I quiz you and you throw me a bunch of bullshit. As soon as you walk out the door, I'm calling you out in front of your, you know, in front of the people judging you, whether you're going to get a yes or a no. And you know, I'm going to say my piece. You know, I, I need, I want to see good leaders promoted. I want to see good people come forward because all that's going to do is further cultivate a culture of, of positive um, forwardness. You know, stuff's always going to happen. Life is going to, I mean, if this man, if this year hasn't proved how many curveballs a major league baseball player can throw at you one, one, one round after another, like, I don't know what can but you got to keep your head high and you got to just be like, okay, deep breath, let's push. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that's the, that's the hardest thing to do. And I know we, we kind of had this uh, conversation before this call, we were actually on a, on a FaceTime call mm -hmm. um, talking about um, starting my programming with you and getting my training and my physical fitness back to where it needs to be. Um, but we talked about that. It's one of the hardest things to admit, actually. You know, I kind of had my eyes open at this last drill, 
COVID's, of course, COVID's been hard on everybody, but I definitely haven't made an extra effort to, you know, maintain or improve my fitness to say the least. But, you know, seeing, seeing my guys, you know, out there killing it and getting size on them. Shout out to Huff. I know yeah, Huff, man. Oh, he got he's it. Big. I know he listens to this podcast, so you just made him smile and, and be like, yeah. oh, stop. But, man, it's, it's, it's hard to admit that, you know, I'm not at the point where I'm able to push them to my full ability to make sure that they get the most out of everything because I'm not at my peak. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I kind of had that hit home moment and had to, you know, look in the mirror and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not where I need to be. And, you know, that's one of the hardest things to do is to just have that moment where, you know, you, you got to kick yourself in the butt. Yeah. You've got to find that why, like, this is a big thing for people. Like, you know, I kind of covered it in one of my last part one of the last episodes and maybe the one before this about, you know, staying motivated during the holidays, but really like, I'm going to, I'm going to dial this back. I'm going to put it in a perspective of uh, us within the reserves. Like your, you, you know, your why needs to transcend every piece of adversity roadblocks or or whatever stone walls come in your way like it has to transcend those and you have to be mentally tough enough that when that adversity comes you're going to be like well screw you you know this is why i'm doing this and this is why i have to get up at this time this is why i'm going to have to hit the gym after this 13 hour shift because of my why is this and you know very early on in my career and and maybe with this unit i don't know i just got kind of like the um you know, the, the label as the meathead or just, you know, the gym junkie or whatever. And I was just there to look good. You know, one, I do like looking good naked and my wife appreciates it too, you know, but, you know, especially with the, you know, to pull it back to the, the reserves um, example is, you know, unlike the active duty side where, you know, you know, some type of platoon command structure could enforce a PT schedule, or you've got some type of leadership kind of putting out workouts and making sure his guys are always on top of things. The thing is, like, that's great because, like, that's your full-time job. That's just what you do. If, you, if you're not at training or you have to don't, don't have to do nothing, guess what? You're probably either in the gym or you're in your freaking barracks room playing freaking Xbox, PS5 all day, you know? Whereas on the reserve side, for the guys that care, and this is, that's the other thing I have to say, because there's a lot of dudes that just kind of ride out their six years or don't even make it their initial six years. We know people that though. care. But, yeah, that don't care, but – you know, they're going to reap it. But for the dudes that care, the thing is like, we have to work and balance, you know, family, work, Marine Corps, maybe another job to make ends meet, you know, whatever it is, you know, all these other bills and expenses that the active duty side doesn't have to deal with, we do. And the thing is, as far as being ready within that context is we have to further make the time on our own to stand ready. And the biggest reason we're like, why I've trained the way I've trained throughout the years is just for that reason that you said it's when the call comes i can't be the one second guessing myself saying oh am i ready i mean truly i mean nobody's ready to you know fully go to war you know that there are so many unknowns i mean you can read the you know the freaking mcdp1 you know all about war fighting and it's going to tell you very quickly no matter how many times you read it and get familiar with it there's so much you don't know there's so much that's going to come down in war or conflict or even what other other mission will come down you can't really plan for it, but you have to be prepared for, it. you know, at least physically. And as far as mentally goes, the way we train our dudes or just even with life is just being 
um, you know, technically and tactically proficient, you know, trust in the fundamentals. We've already said it. If you're solid in the fundamentals, it doesn't matter how much fog or dust or whatever's going on in the air, you should be able to like functions, check your weapon system and change, you know, change everything or anything you need to expediently blindfolded. You know, you should be able to sit behind a 240 blindfolded and dis and ass that hoe within like 60 seconds or less. You know what I mean? And uh, dis and ass people, it means disassembly and reassembly. So um, don't think I was thinking anything else on that one. But anyway, that's just kind of my point, man. It's just to stand ready again. Like you, man, this has been a killer episode. I don't even, I haven't even set a timer, but it's been a good one, bro. It has. Man, you got it. You got anything else you want to share? I think we're hitting it on the head. I, I don't want to roll too long. I think we might be at 40 minutes or an hour, but we're gonna I don't want to cut it short. Either. Fall asleep on us. What's that? So we're going to get people starting to fall asleep on us. Yeah, I'll be honest. My wife tells me straight up. I'm like, hey, did you watch You listen to that episode? She's like, no. She's like, I haven't done it yet. She, she finally listened. So long. Yeah, I was like, come on, man. My wife don't even like this stuff. I need views. I just you press the like button. I don't mind nah, right now. So anyway, if I if I would say take away one thing from this podcast, you know, it would be to, you know, take the time to focus on yourself before you try jumping into a million things, and have have a good reason, you know, why you're doing it. You need to have something to back you up that's going to withstand everything you're going through. Whether it's why am I going through boot camp, you know, why why am I starting this new job? Why am I, you know, going through these events in my personal life? You know, have something that you can reflect on that's gonna push you to constantly maintain the best self that you can be, you know, in order to be there for everybody else and to ultimately accomplish whatever goal you set your mind to. Bro truth man preach say it louder for those in the back that's for sure oh man well it's been a good been a good little chat um yep everybody listening if you didn't catch that sean is the newish addition to the uh online training personnel uh that i offer as far as the program the personalized programming get this dude uh back on track you know not looking to ball just looking to be a hard-bought dad yeah I'd be the best looking dad out there, hands down. Well, I mean, you got to compete with me, so maybe second best looking dad. But well, we'll we'll see as time goes. All right, so. we'll let we'll let the wives judge it. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much, Sean, for uh, for your time tonight and everything you've done. And I wish you the best. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We will talk soon. All right, man. Well, everybody out there. Keep your powder dry. Keep listening. Smash that like and subscribe button. Share this with your friends and family. Uh, this is the more we do, the more positive we get out there and just get talking more. All right. Have a good night.